0: Broadcasting live from Music City, USA. Time now for the Titans Insider Podcast. With two Nashville legends of sports radio. Giving you the best inside look on your Tennessee Titans. Rumors, speculations, highlights, and scuttlebutt. This is the Titans Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. And now, here's your hosts, to Nashville sports legends, Mark Howard and Terry McCormick.
1: Welcome in to the Titan Insider Podcast. Terry McCormick and Mark Howard bringing you Titans Talk this week as they get ready to try and lock down a playoff berth. As always, the Titan Insider Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. Mark? I guess if you want to look at the glass half full, the Titans are still in control of their destiny heading into week 17. But if you want to look at the glass half empty, they've got some work to do.
0: No doubt about it, Terry. Uh, And they need to tread lightly. Uh, You know, for the most part, I I thought J.J. Watt might have uh, lit a spark there uh, after uh, the Houston Texans lost to the Bengals last week. So uh, I think the Texans would love nothing more than to ruin the Titans' season. And believe me, you know this, there's nothing worse in the NFL than to win 10 games and not get into the playoffs.
1: Oh, that, yeah, that would be bad. In fact, you know, if things break the right way, there could be a team win 11 games in the AFC and not make yeah. the playoffs. If everybody wins and holds serve, the Indianapolis Colts would be 11-5 and five and on the outside looking in, so... As crazy as that sounds, it's a possibility in the AFC. Let's direct our attention to the Titans and what we saw Sunday night in Green Bay. By the way, I don't think the Titans need any more primetime games. They have saved some of their worst performances for the entire country rather than just the regional audiences that we see Sundays at 12 o'clock.
0: Well, you remember the old Saturday Night Live troop, they am not ready for primetime players. Uh, that's who the Titans are this year in the NFL, <laughs> Terry. I, I thought right from the get-go, the Titans were not ready to play in those weather conditions. They were not ready to play in the snow. They were reluctant tacklers. They were they were slow on defense, especially. Uh, and they got into that nineteen nothing hole. Uh, you know, and they got back out a little bit, but really, you know, for the most part, uh, it was it was bad and worse. Uh, as far as what the packers were able to do with their you know their second and third string running back, uh you know they really gashed the titans, you know who who couldn't tackle, couldn't rush the passer uh, other than that, it was a stellar effort,
1: right, I mean, but the defense has been bad all year long, I think with occasional lapses in that where they've been able to use the formula that we've talked about of getting ahead. It's the old Peyton Manning and Indianapolis Colts formula where you get up 14 to three and then your defense can play as well as it can play in terms of what the Titans bring to the table this year, which is not much, but you can make a team one dimensional by taking away the the run element. I think when you talk about this Titans team, the thing that I was disappointed in as much as anything, uh, In watching them Sunday night was the fact that they couldn't get any rhythm together at all in the passing game. Corey Davis was only targeted twice, had no catches. They got A.J. Brown involved a little bit, but it seemed like no pass went beyond 10 or 12 yards for the most part. Tannehill finishes with two picks and only 121 yards passing. Now, granted, everything is precipitated off Derrick Henry having a big game, but you've got to be able to throw the ball and take a shot or two down the field just to keep the defense honest, to keep that five-man front from attacking and shutting down Henry at the line of scrimmage.
0: Well, and the Packers were able to do a couple of things. They kept throwing those five- and six-man fronts up uh, uh, you know, to, to really stuff Derrick Henry, and, and they stopped Henry on their way to the quarterback. And the fact of the matter is there was no Corey Davis. And there was minimal uh, AJ Brown because Tannehill couldn't get uh, any protection. Uh, he was under pressure almost immediately, and when that happens, you have got to check down or go to your, you know, or, or, or go with the dink and dunk. Uh, and that's pretty much what they were faced with. And you know, that was a classic example uh, of what we talked about in last week's podcast. And that is, if the Titans can't employ play action. And they are a a pretty shaky offense because that offensive line straight up uh, cannot really protect Ryan Tannehill very well against a good pass rush. And Green Bay's outside linebackers dominated. Uh, You know, the Titans were getting beaten inside, outside, and everywhere. And on top of that, like you said, uh, that stunted the offense. Henry game yards and fits and starts because, you know, Arthur – Arthur Smith was bound and determined to you know, to continue to make him a part of the offense. But we know if the Titans get behind, they're in big trouble.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. We're here on the Titan Insider podcast, Terry McCormick and Mark Howard, brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. We're talking a review right now of the Titans and Packers from Sunday night. I think when you look at how you try to combat that, I think they probably have to do a little bit more max protect and just send two guys out into the route, send one of them deep and take a shot even if you know it's not going to work out, as long as the ball's not picked off, at least you plant the seed in the defense's mind that you will take a shot with an A.J. Brown or a Corey Davis. But to me, I think they were a little bit reluctant to do that given the weather conditions because I don't think they felt like they could win the one-on-one matchup or protect Ryan Tannehill long enough, even with a tight end or a running back into to chip. It just felt like that they were, pardon the term, out of their element in the snow.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, they were playing on their heels on offense. And, uh, you know, you looked on defense, and uh, it was reminiscent of the NFL film since Lombardi. Grab, 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 grab. You know, they were in Lambeau Field, so I needed to make the Lombardi analogy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what they were, like, trying to tackle. But you're right. Uh, in terms of, of their protection, uh, it didn't matter what they did, Terry. Uh, they could have gone max protect. They could have gone super max protect, and it just wasn't going to work that night. Uh, the Packers did whatever they wanted. Uh, I, you know, Matt Lafleur, I mean, good grief! Uh, you know, he tied that defense in knots. You know, he had you know a lot of misdirection and uh, and you know just you know some some really smart stuff because Aaron Rodgers had all the time in the world, and if you give Aaron Rodgers all the time in the world. He is going to absolutely torture you, and that's what happened. Uh, the The DBs had a hard time covering. You know, Kenny Vaccaro had a tough night. You know, Byard, Adoree Jackson looked absolutely lost out there for a veteran. But that's what happens when you don't have a pass rush. So, on both sides of the ball, it was just uh, tough to watch.
1: No doubt about it. Let's flip the script and talk about what's still ahead for the Titans here as they head to Houston. Now, granted, the Texans have been awful this year. I think when you look at the way their season has unfolded, firing Bill O'Brien about a third of the way through the year after an 0-5 start, I think when you look at this Texans team, the one thing that's always baffled me about them is this. They have as much, or at least last year they did, and they still have a lot of it, as much star quality play play as any team in the league. When you look at Deshaun Watson at quarterback, when you look at J.J. Watt, who's not the J.J. Watt of 2015, but still a fantastic guy to have anchoring your defense, there's a lot of... There are a lot of guys on that team that you go, wow, that guy's is, is ranks right up there with as good of as what there is that the NFL has to offer at quarterback, at defensive line. Laramie Tunsell is a solid left tackle in this league. Of course, they traded DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the league. But where I see the Texans' Achilles' heel and something that, for the life of me, I don't know why they did they haven't addressed this, where they don't have a superstar. They have below-average players. They haven't had a good running back since Arian Foster. Their offensive line, aside from Tunsil, is very average to below-average. They're the very average in the secondary. It just seems like that this is a team that wants to build around four or five superstars and then let the rest fall where it may, and the other teams around the league have come to exploit that, in my opinion.
0: Well, you're right, and they've done a horrible job uh, in terms of roster building. And, and in most cases, you know, uh, we've both covered the NFL for a long time. If you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, a pass rusher like Watt, a future Hall of Famer, and and like you said, a solid left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, they had a top-level receiver in Hopkins. Those, those are all the ingredients for not only a playoff team, but even a championship team. And they could really never get out of first year. You know, they had some decent years where they made the playoffs. But, you know, and, and they had some bad injury luck, too. Uh, I'll give them that. But they, they had their time. And you're right. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think, you know, you look at that roster. And after the big names, they don't have much. Uh, you know, Whitney Merciless, I thought, would end up being a better player. But he's had injury issues. We now know why, uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney drove him crazy. Uh, So, you know, there there are a few different components there. Uh, But, you know, you know, uh, a lot like the Titans, Deshaun Watson has sort of camouflaged a lot of weaknesses uh, on this roster, and he's won them some games they probably didn't have a right to win. Uh, and, And a lot of times you get that fool's gold when you're winning games that way and you really think you're a lot better than you really
1: are. Yeah, the thing about the Texans that, you know, I look at Deshaun Watson's career, and they're headed down the same path that the Colts did with Andrew Luck. They're not going to surround him with enough to take advantage of a star quarterback and his ability to win you games in the fourth quarter the way that Luck did, the way that Watson did. But it's like... It's sort to use the baseball analogy. They're doing exactly what the Los Angeles Angels have done with Mike Trout, which is nothing.
0: Yeah, you're right, Uh, and and, you know the Titans are an interesting contrast because you you know you look at that team, and other than Derrick Henry, maybe Tannehill, they don't have a lot of star quality. I mean, uh, you know, Brett Kern is really you know is probably their third or fourth best player. Uh, You know and you know, the, 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 how have the Titans gotten this far with that pass rush? You know, the other BC outside linebacker got a sack uh, on Sunday, and I'm talking about Wyatt Ray, not Harold Landry. Uh, and, you know, it's just crazy. So, uh, you know, you look at these teams, and there's sort of an interesting contrast because the Titans are winning, and you don't know how they're doing it, and the Texans are losing, and, and you look at their, their best players, and you wonder why they're so bad.
1: By the way, here's an interesting note. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Wyatt Ray is a distant relative of the great late great singer Nat King Cole.
0: How about that?
1: (laughs) Who knew? huh? (laughs) But nonetheless, we digress in terms of of this game on Sunday, obviously obviously it's winning in for the Titans. The Texans have already been making tee times. And I think JJ Watt probably uh, reprimanded some of his teammates for kind of having that mail it in attitude and being ready to, uh, you know, see what the uh, conditions are going to be for their golf game on Monday after the season. But when you're in this situation and you're the Titans and you have everything to play for, You got to go in, and you got to deliver the knockout punch early, which is what they want to do anyway, because they're built to play from ahead, like we talked about. How disappointing will it be if they let the Texans hang around, and it's and it's still a game in the fourth quarter?
0: Well, and here's the other thing, Terry: the Titans might not have Brett Kern or Goskowski. Now, it's still possible because of the COVID uh, nineteen list. If you're on it, you get five days. So it's possible we could see them Sunday. But if we don't, and it's a close game, whether it's on a punt or a placement, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you know, again, we're we're starting, you know, we're starting to wonder, you know, just exactly uh, what we got to deal with. Trevor Daniel is, a, you know, was an adventure on every punt, and Sam Sloman, you know, we've never even seen before, so. Those two guys could be out there uh, as the Titans kickers on Sunday, and in a close game, that makes me a little nervous.
1: Oh, it should make anybody nervous. I mean, you're kind of weighing which would you rather have, Kern and Goskowski with no practice this week, or Sam Sloman and Trevor Daniel with kind of sight unseen, because those guys have been kind of designated survivors in terms of they, they don't attend the regular practices for the most part. They That's kind of the same formula that they use at quarterback with first Trevor Simeon and then Deshaun Kaiser, So just so that they would have somebody and not go into a game without a kicker, without a quarterback, without a punter, that sort of thing. So it's kind of, which would you rather have, the, the guys that you know without any practice or the guys that you don't know bringing them in and trying to get them acclimated to the system? Well, we've
0: seen before what happens uh, when you put uh, below-market kickers out there. You get what you pay for. Uh, And and the Titans uh, have gotten that in spades the last couple of years. Uh, So I don't think they want to relive that uh, in a game. They absolutely, absolutely, positively have to win. And, Terry, let's hope the officiating a little bit better. Uh, I I thought, you know, I, I just thought some of the calls in the Packers game, the offside on Kalu on the block punt was 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 totally bogus, uh, and I thought uh, you know the, the the call on on Rashawn Evans was a bad call, uh, and 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 that was a really tough penalty for them. So you know a, a couple of things there uh, as as we factor in what could be happening on Sunday.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know when you talk about that, it, but it's sort of like you know, and I'll go back kind of the way Mike Vrabel framed it. You know, he used the the baseball analogy. You have to expect some calls when you're a pitcher out there and you're laboring, you're not going to get the borderline strikes. You know, when you're, when you're dealing, you're going to get that outside corner or a couple or a call. That's a couple of inches off the plate. So to me, the Titans didn't play well enough to earn the benefit of the doubt Sunday night when those calls went against them. and, You know, you talked about getting what you pay for in the kicking game. Mark, it's time to talk about Wilson County Motors, and I know that you know that you always get what you pay for with those guys.
0: Exactly, and uh, Wilson County Motors has Chevrolet, (laughs) Buick, GMC, and the absolute game changer. And I'm talking about the Mitchell discount. That's right, Mitchell Bone uh, and his staff can save you a lot. Uh, How much can you save? Well, find new roads to Wilson County Motors. Just 20 minutes east of the Nashville Airport, 24-7, wilsoncountymotors.com.
1: All right, we're back here on the Titan Insider Podcast. Terry McCormick and Mark Howard brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. We're talking Titans. We're talking playoff mode. Mark, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Isaiah Wilson and the fact that they don't have him and kind of, you know, with the Washington football team giving up on a first-round pick in Dwayne Haskins, you know what similarities and what dissimilarities kind of do you see in those two situations?
0: Well, we you know we're not on the inside, so we can only go on the anecdotal stuff and some of the stuff that we're told. But the point is, is that Isaiah Wilson should have looked at uh, at, at what happened, you know, this week seeing a first-round draft, a quarterback getting cut in, in only his second year, and understand that you're going to get a little bit of time, you're going to get uh, a little bit of slack, but at a certain point, you got to grow up and do your job. Uh, and that didn't happen with Haskins. Uh, he, he didn't prepare. He didn't work very hard. Uh, you know, he didn't have a particularly high football IQ. I mean, we could go through all of it but didn't play very well when he got in there. And the coaches didn't like the way that, you know, the, that, that he conducted himself. The, you know, his work habits and everything else. And the Titans, you know, obviously are going to give Isaiah Wilson a red shirt year. You know, with, with, with the, the pandemic and everything else, I think, uh, you know, everybody's going to get a little grace. But I'm telling you, next year, because we're, we're not going to see him the rest of this year. Uh, I, I just don't see that happening. But next year, he better be ready. Uh, Otherwise, the Titans might just decide uh, to cut him loose. Uh, You know, after a while, you know, you just cut your losses and move on. And and maybe they look at this as a mistake. And believe me, Sean Robinson is loath to admit that he made a mistake. But this is what happened with Kevin Dodd, you know, a second-round pick. The Titans recognized early on that this was just not going to work. And so Matthew Stafford remains the Dodds only sack uh, in a state with the Titans. And we've seen less of Wilson. So, you know, let's see what happens next year. And, and Terry, I think you would admit, this has been a crazy year where you've got two, where you've got undrafted free agents really making bigger contributions than draft picks. Uh, And and the, the Titans draft class uh, has provided, uh, you know, minimal, uh, You know, minimal output for them this year. Uh, That doesn't mean, uh, you know, they're a bad draft class uh, because that always takes a few years. But it's been a crazy year when two of your biggest signings on defense turn out to be bust, and your draft class doesn't give you anything, including your first-round pick. Now, they've gotten some from Fulton, uh, you know, and a little bit from a couple of the other guys. But by and large, I think you would agree uh, that they haven't got what they expected.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. When you look at the rookies that are on this roster right now, you've gotten more from Nick Westbrook Akini and Thierry Tart than you have from, you know, some of your guys that you brought in yeah, as draft right. picks, you know, because you've gotten zero from Isaiah Wilson. You've gotten very little from Christian Fulton who is still working his way back and trying to get on the field after being activated from injured reserve Darrington Evans is finally giving you a little bit and Laurel Murchison is giving you very little he's now a healthy scratch in favor of tart so it really has been a draft class that has contributed very very little and where I where I really look at this draft class and say hey you know they, they need help here and need help there. When you start to play the what-if game, what if Isaiah Wilson was your right tackle right now and you could flip Dennis Kelly to the left side to make up for the Taylor Lewan injury? What if Christian Fulton was healthy enough and good enough to be that nickelback and you don't have to make the trade for Desmond King? Now, granted, King has, has helped you somewhat, but you're talking about a secondary that's missed a a Dory Jackson for most of the year until just the last couple of weeks. You're talking about Malcolm Butler being the guy that's probably played the best of anybody back there. So it just kind of has a domino effect and, and it just kind of, you know, continues to flow downhill as they say. And when, you, when one or two guys don't hit, it really forces you to scramble. And unless you really get somebody that you weren't expecting to make a major contribution, it it just throws the whole thing out of whack.
0: Well, and just for example, Terry, look at what John Robinson had to pay once Kevin Dodd washed out. He went out and got uh, you know Cameron Wake, who didn't work out. Camilo Correa, who was kind of a one hit wonder. I mean, how many how many people has he gone out and gotten uh, to try to fill that hole at, at, at rush linebacker because his second round pick turned out to be a colossal bust. So you're right. Uh, and, and we're heading into an interesting offseason, which we'll talk about more in the coming weeks. But there's a reason why Robinson really hoarded his draft picks. Uh, you know, he, he traded one pick this year, uh, a sixth, and that was really it. Uh, you know, uh, but, but besides that, you know, he's, he will go into the draft with an extra third round pick uh, and I think another extra pick on the back end. But whatever the case, you know, this is going to be an interesting offseason because the cap is going to go down. You're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, surprising cuts, a lot of big names out there on the market, and it's going to be, uh, you know, a very interesting offseason, especially for a team like the Titans.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it because there are so many guys that they're going to have to, you know, try and retain or they're going to have to make hard decisions on. The Corey Davises, Johnu Smith. Daquan Jones. There are going to be some guys that they're going to have to say, "Are we going to Are we going to move forward and tr- and try and keep this guy and keep the core together? Or are we going to have to move in a different direction?" And speak.
0: Yeah. He gave up the six for Desmond King. At, at first, uh, uh, but, but anyway, go ahead.
1: And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about this. You know, speaking of going in in a different direction and going into and trying to choose your career, have you ever considered? Genesis Career College. We would like to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. If you ever thought about becoming a master barber? In less than a year, you'll learn the skills you will need to work at a barbershop or even open up your own location. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Visit genesiscareer.edu for more information on enrolling at the Nashville location. Mark, as we come back and finish up this Titan Insider podcast, the second one, You know, We've talked a little bit about where to go from here. If you look at this Titans team and they play the way that they want to do and they get by the Houston Texans and go into the playoffs, can they parlay that momentum the same way they did a year ago and make a run to the AFC championship game? To me, it's much more difficult to do it the second time around and even though they'd be going into the playoffs most likely as a number 4 seed if they can win Sunday in Houston, I think it's more difficult this time maybe than it was last time when they stunned New England and Baltimore simply for the fact that, one, they're not going to sneak up on anybody, and two, with the defensive shortcomings that they have, they know that there's really only one way to, to play and get and make a deep run into the playoffs, and that's doing it with this offense and Derrick Henry.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you, uh, and I think you hit on the two most important points. You know, the Titans were kind of the stealth team last year; nobody was really looking for them. Uh, the Ravens are really kind of the darlings, uh, and even after the Titans uh, beat the Patriots, I don't think anybody thought they had a chance to beat Baltimore, and they did. Uh, And then they go in and scare Kansas City for a while. But I agree with you. Uh, That defense is a lot leakier than it was last year. Uh, And and I don't see that changing anytime fast. So, yeah, you're right. The Titans can win only a certain way. I think they'll get into the playoffs. I just don't uh, see the kind of success they had last year.
1: And for these last couple of minutes, let's talk about potential opponents. Who do you want to see in round 1? Do you want to see India again because they've they've had some success against them but then they also got, you know, knocked around a little bit by the Colts in that first meeting at Nissan Stadium. Would you rather see a rematch with Cleveland where they certainly did not play their best football and got blown out and then tried to rally and keep it close there at the end and it looked a little better maybe than the final score? It, you know, it didn't look as good as the final score indicated. Or do you want to see Miami, which kind of has its own question marks, with Tua Tag- Tagovailoa at quarterback, or maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a former Titan himself, coming in and, you know, trying to pull things out of the fire?
0: So Ryan Fitzpatrick's a former everything. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I I would rather see them face a team that beat them, which means Cleveland or Baltimore, I uh, rather uh, Cleveland or Indianapolis. You know, Baltimore would be kind of fun because there'd be a lot of smack talk leading up, a lot of a lot of Derrick Henry trashing, which the Ravens seem to enjoy doing. Uh but I don't want to see them play the Bills. You know, I wouldn't want to see that match up right out of the shoot. Uh so and and the Miami Miami game would be interesting cuz you've got the Ryan Tannehill uh subplot uh, you know, being the former Dolphins, uh, even though that regime is uh, long gone. But still. But beyond that, yeah, that, that that's who I would be looking for.
1: All right. As we head into the home stretch here, give me your prediction for this week. Do you think the Titans get it done against the Texans? Or do you think uh, they uh, have to face, a, maybe have to go into and go the wild card route if they get in at all?
0: Uh, I think they're going to win. Uh, I, I told you, I, I did not like the matchup uh, last week in Green Bay and thought they would lose big. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be close, though. Uh, I think Houston's going to show up for this one. Uh, but I see the Titans winning, uh, and maybe uh, we'll we'll get a home game uh, in the playoffs in Nissan Stadium for the first time, I believe, since 2008.
1: That's right. First time since 2008 that they would have a home playoff game. I agree with you. I think the Titans win this game. And here's the thing. I think even though Deshaun Watson can keep the Texans in it, even though J.J. Watt had, you know, the impassioned plea to try to get his teammates to rally for the cause there at the end. I think the Titans go down to Houston. I think they take care of business, and I think that at some point they deliver the knockout punch. So I'm going to say that the Titans are going to win this one, and I'm going to say it's going to be 27-17. Yeah,
0: sounds good to me. But gotta, I agree with you. I think the Texans are checked out. I I, I think that uh, that was a great speech by Watt, but I think a lot of those guys are like, yeah, whatever. I want to get up. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. So that's the Titan Insider Podcast. Terry McCormick and Mark Howard. Special thanks to our sponsors, Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. We thank them for underwriting this podcast. Please let them know that you appreciate their sponsorship of this broadcast.